Welcome to the View from the Rock podcast. I'm your host, Ruck, and I'm here with Papa Swappa and Morgie in the Yellow Dog Studios. It's been a long time since we've gotten to record a podcast. I think it's been about three weeks. Um, you know, that whole spring break thing happens and everyone starts to go their separate ways and we've had a busy spring here, especially as coaches and uh, parents who have kids that are doing sports. So, uh, Papa Swappa, how you been? I feel like even though we work together, I haven't seen you in three weeks. It's It's been good. It's been busy. Like you said, you know, we're all coaching and then we all have kids. Well, you do not actually have children, Mr. Ruck Dashel, but we, thank God, Mr. Morgenthaler and I have kids, so we're doing our own things and then chasing our kids around it's been it's been busy we're in the heart of heart of the spring right now i feel like it's been a month since we've been together instead of three weeks and there's so much that i'm excited there's so much we can talk about we've got a lot of ground to cover today what are what are our topics today mr ruck dashel oh right you know getting back in the swing of things i guess i should have introduced that well you know we're gonna bs here for the first little bit and hopefully i'm gonna keep us on track so we can actually be under an hour um you know uh first after our little catch-up. Um, we're going to be talking about best Australian bands. Uh, after that, our beer of the week, followed by top three music videos on MTV in the 80s, which I think I will find to be a challenging topic for myself. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily think it can be 80s, just MTV music videos that we grew up watching. Fair. You know, um, formative years. So... That could be to mid ninety. I don't. I don't know if MTV. Oh, I mean, I I was on the TRL bandwagon, but we'll we'll get there because I don't want to. I don't want to waste that content. But no, I, sure. I can manage. Um, so I I see that we've had some lacrosse going on recently. Lacrosse has been good. Uh, we, I think, in the last three weeks, they've went three and one, it's continuing to play well. Emmett's killing it and they kind of have a thing now where uh rowan has scored four goals in the last four games and he's been the last goal scored and it's kind of like the dagger like they know the game is over we saw a little bit of the game last night we had a little uh a little impromptu trip down to el jinete a fine um establishment here locally and then followed that up with uh, the second half of the lacrosse game on rice field on rice field I have a lot of regret. I I wanted to come to the game last night, but I was I was busy doing the the picture thing for the track team. But I, I went to the previous game um, that was at home, and Rowan and his role I would say is a pretty important one. I'd say he's sort of like the human victory cigar. Right? That is, that is exactly that's a great now, analogy. I, I'm trying to think about the Sonics when they were at their height of their powers. They had this really uncoordinated, um, tall, white guy. Steve Scheffler. Yes, thank you very much. I believe he was actually the Big Ten Player of the Year at Purdue. That is, that is right. It, similar to the Lakers also had the guy from Stanford, Mark Madsen. Madsen. Yes. You know, you need that guy off the bench who's, you know, the rah, rah, rah guy. In the last two minutes, victories in hand, and let's get him out there, and he needs points. That's exactly what Rowan, he fits that bill. The human victory cigar. That I can't wait to tell him tonight when he gets home. You might have to explain 
what victory that means. cigar. Yes. Yeah. I no, it's been great. Videos of Michael Jordan with his cigar after games. Well, you see a lot of them now. Like Joe Burrow did that for LSU. Oh, that's true. Like they're starting. I guess it's PC now to have a cigar in the locker room in college. I like a good cigar. Mm. Cohiba. I have too many regrets about cigars. We I, could that could but, be we could talk about cigars as one of our maybe on a future podcast. Yeah. I might need a vomit bag if we do that. Oh, oh I no. once smoked a cigar at ten thirty in the morning while I was mowing the lawn <laughs> just to just to get a reaction out of Mrs. Swap. And I succeeded. Oh, that probably didn't go over well. It I, did not. Yeah, I can't imagine <laughs> that would take that. So speaking of real quick cigars, Merle has a nice little ensemble at his house. I don't. I don't know Merle. You've mentioned Merle. Jeff before? Schaefer, oh, uh, Merle okay. Inc. Does he have a humidor? He does with one to two hundred cigars in there. Uh, he will be actually one of our first sponsors of the podcast. Oh, beautiful. Merle Incorporated. Yeah, based, I, based in Cleelum, Washington. When I picture a room that has a humidor full of cigars, I picture there's a lot of um, soft furnishings, like a lot of velvets and leathers in that room there's a lot of low lighting where is his humidor located? his humidor is located in his basement and it does not look anything like that <laughs> <laughs> it looks kind of like yellow dog studios just with a big tv and about twice the size of this room is it a, is it like a smoking room no it's just that's where he keeps them uh-huh i'm sure uh, that those other parts of it are aspirational um how about track rock this week yeah, you know, Skagit County Championships, 115th Skagit County Championships, the longest running uh, sporting event in the state of Washington in any sport. Yeah, it's like the Lafayette and Lehigh of Washington high school sports. 115 That's, years, and there were a couple records broken by. Yeah, so first, um, I, you know, I didn't even realize it at the time, but I went online. And I went back as far as I could in what we call athletic.net. And it goes back to basically my senior year of high school. So my records are still in there. But uh, you can kind of see how we did as a boys or a girls team. And this was the best boys performance we've had that I could find. Um, We've never finished in the top three, never had over 100 points. And we were number three for the boys, 107 points. And it was um, despite being without maybe one of our our top point scores um we did really well i was you, proud of them you know we've talked about this 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 may be uh one of the greatest years in anacortes high school sports history i think it is um with also the newly formed uh co-champs the baseball team baseball team is uh co-champions in the league in in the in this the calendar year 2023 and are just waiting for the playoffs now i don't know what the answer to this is so i'm going to ask it and i'm i'm hoping and guessing that the answer is see home who are you co-champions with not see home oh home sucks this year well, we might play them, so let's be okay, let's, sorry. Let's soft yes. step the uh, Seahome right. sucks stuff a little bit. Well, they have in the past. Yes. We will respect every opponent when we get to the playoffs. That's right. No, we we uh, are co-champions with uh, our friends from the north, Linden, as well as our friends to the east, Mount Vernon. We all three went 13-2 and two in league and... Uh, beat each other and lost to each other in a way that makes us all co-champions. Shout out to Mr. Coach Swanson 
and and Coach Walden. Coach Walden. Yeah, they, they are deserve two. a shout out. They're they're loyal listeners now. I believe they are. I believe friends of the podcast. As is uh, Linden Coach Coach White, also a friend of the podcast. Nice. Our our digital footprint is expanding. So, just to clarify, any any of that COM hate was definitely not coming from Coach Swap today. That was from Morgie as a fellow coach. Yeah, I will will soft step that. I'm not going to put that on you. But can um, we talk and briefly w- briefly talk when we played Seahom? Was that more than three weeks? It it's been maybe it'll be four weeks on Tuesday. And was that a ten run game? No. But close. 10 to 2. But what I really want to talk about, it was 8-0. What I really want to talk about is their uniforms. Hey, so this is a whole thing you had here. Can, can we get to that in a second? I just want to make sure I get my track stuff in before we do that and lose all basis. Hey, real me. quick though, Ruck. Oh I think gosh. you did a little look at me, Louie, when you said back when my records were still there. No, what records you know, do you have? So I know as soon as I said that, I didn't mean it to sound like oh. I had records. Like if you look at athletic.net, I'm in the top 10, but that only goes back to like 2006. And is that in shot, discus, javelin, those areas? You know, I didn't throw discus until I became a, or sorry, I didn't throw javelin even once when I was in high school. Not even like, hey, let me try that. I had no interest. I think I looked at that and I, I knew it wasn't my speed and knew how my body functioned and said, I think shot and disc are my uh, my lane to stay in. So I think we have a generational thing here within our recording studio where we have two members of our group that predate the internet and another that actually had the internet while in high school. I mean, I had the internet in high school, but um, as I think an example of how cutting edge it was at the time, the first year that there's athletic.net records is 2006, which was my senior year of high school. So it was like just happening. And I didn't even realize it at the time when I was in high school. So I don't know if they were using it really um, or if that's just been added after the fact. So all of the records pre-2006 are just written down yeah. by the coaches? Because I see like track and Coach Templeton has a list of like, top 10 in every event so going back like 50 years so yeah there uh there used to be an actual wooden track board you're going to get me going down a rabbit hole right now but this is good um a, a wooden board that we used to have displayed that had all of the records for track and field for boys and girls i remember it and so between that because when we did the whole remodel um that was put into the auxiliary gym of which many things I think were stored, forgotten about. Uh, I don't know whether they were, what happened to them. So I'm not going to say they were thrown away because I don't know. Uh, but uh, between that and lists, I think that Brad has come up with, the head coach, uh, Brad Templeton, um, he kind of has tried to recreate his own list. And I think that for the most part, he found one that had a lot of the old ones, um, like a hard copy. So I think it's pretty accurate. The one caveat to that is if it's a very old record that is a timed record, it would be hand-timed and therefore faster than if it was um, electronic time like we do now because we actually have 
we have video that we do for timing. And so it's, hand timing is faster? Yeah, because it's based upon that first movement. And so once you see it, there's a delay between you and your thumb hitting the, the button. And so, you know, we're talking tenths of seconds for a hundred meter dash, and that makes a big deal. And do you now use state-of-the-art timing equipment? State-of-the-art, that, I'm not sure if I would use that phrase. Um, I bet the stuff we have is close to 20 years old. I, I could be wrong, but it does use electronics. There's a video that we get to see where people finished at the finish line. Um, but relative to what we originally had with hand timers, it is state-of-the-art. Um, our last track meet, the gun didn't work. So that actually did mean there were some issues. I was there. Yeah. It kind of made things go late. So thankfully we have our last track meet of the year this Wednesday, senior night at home. And we have a new pistol that works. That's what I heard. So I'll be darned. And I will be there. Same spot. Running javelin. like Running javelin. It's going to be amazing. So we're a well-oiled machine now. What day is that? Wednesday. I will be scouting a baseball game Wednesday. Speaking of, All right. where are you going? To watch the game. Correct. It will be at Seahome High School. So real quick, getting back to Seahome. I never even talked about track. I actually have two quick things. Okay. First of all, I would just add on that Doug Knutson. Do we know? Uh, yes. He, he, he's, he's been he's helping very him. adamant so he's helping, about the track records. He's helping a lot with the track records. He's actually getting that board and redoing it and improving it and finding a place to mount it at the stadium. That's so awesome. The last time awesome. I saw Doug Knutson, he welcomed me to town. <laughs> That's right. And he also, there was a little issue last week, maybe, with the uh, 200 or 100 or 400. At the the record? No. Um, just w- possibly Brock beating the record? He did not. Yes. So um, Yeah, it may have been reported that it was beaten, but it was not beaten. Um, yeah, so there's that. So a shout-out to... Doug Knutson, appreciate the help with that and that, you know, it'll be recognized at the stadium so that any season that's there, any sport, will be able to see that. That's great. That You, you see that at all the other schools, too. Absolutely. Like, records just and, for years. And, you know, as I'm about to say, our records are pretty important. So, uh, anacortis-wise, so at our county track meet, the girls won. 160 points was how many we scored. I think the next closest team was, like, 124 or something like that. Um and two county records fell, 1,600 meters and 3,200 meters. And I think the 3,200-meter record is now 20 seconds faster than the previous one. And It was like 1984 from Mount Vernon? Yeah, yeah, it was like a 38-year-old record. And I'm prob- I might be mixing. I forget which one was the jessica friedland i forget which one she she beat her own record the mile i think it was the mile i think you're right and then i think it was the two mile what was her mile time just so i can get some context 458 it takes me 458 to get from my desk to the door (laughs) yeah and then 458 where does that put her at the state currently yeah so she, so she 458, and then she ran a 1037 for the two mile. Uh, for the state, uh, 458 puts her um, for 2A as number one right now. 
Um, her time for the two mile is number two. Um, and there's, you know, if you look at all classifications, I think she's maybe three or four for the, for each of those. Where is state for track? Uh, it is at Tahoma High School in Tacoma. Beautiful Tahoma High School. I mean, it's big. Tahoma High School in Tacoma or in Maple? Yeah, so I think Mount Tahoma is in Maple. I know there's Tahoma and Mount Tahoma. So Mount Tahoma is in Tacoma. Okay, well, then that's the one. Okay, because st- uh, our buddy Steve Meyer, his kids go to Tahoma. Stevie Bang Bang? Yep, the maestro. Yeah, so, so yeah, there's that. So Those two records will probably never fall never be broken well that's the beauty of records rock i mean when you're always at, meant to be broken no that like hey people should try to break them i know like they but. should just like i saw this week with uh Giannis antetokounmpo you know set your goals try to achieve the goals if you don't get them there are steps towards still achieving your goal it's not a failure so if you want to beat we can have we could talk about this i they they still failed Depends. On how do you define failure? Okay. Well, do you do we really want to talk about no, this? Because this will be a different. <laughs> okay. So any more track no, updates? No, we're good. We're good. Baseball. Let's go. To we baseball. Got, hey, we got what uh, league meet coming up or districts um, after? After that, then we have sub districts, districts, and then state. So not a league meet. No, we used to do a Northwest Conference meet, and it was, I mean, kind of pointless. It didn't mean anything. Um, so yeah, now we just go right to. Sub districts, uh, which is broken up into north and south, and that's the qualifier meet for districts. And then state, and then we got playoff baseball. Playoff baseball right here at uh, Anacortes, Washington, starting next Saturday. Uh, it's one of the best, you know, for my money, and obviously I'm a baseball fan, but for my money, it's one of the best high school events you're ever going to see. We've got two fields going, eight teams, great tournament. And you will know the opponent on Wednesday night. Yes. Going to go watch a game up at Seahome. Speaking of Seahome, what did you think of their uniforms when they were here over spring break? I think about when Ruck thinks about smoking a cigar, like throwing up. Can you describe this color you saw? Because I have no idea. It is the pukiest greenish yellow. Like, they, it, like they, is it a neon green? They So they sometimes... They're green and yellow, okay. They sometimes wear green tops, yellow pants. Sometimes yellow tops, green pants. And then when it's a really big game, they will often go full yellow. <laughs> it is. It was. It's awful. And it's I was not. Th- it's not. Um, you know, you asked, is it neon? No, it's like a. It's like a very dull 1970s kind of a yellow like a canary yellow yeah that's still a little too yellow canary yellow might even have this like goldenrod maybe but with some texture to it and then the green is like a deep green like a forest green mm. you're not getting a into some green. of my favorite things describing different colors it's, with words i love it's it. awful <laughs> it just makes us hate sea home even more with the uniform color Standing there talking to Ross on the third baseline. It's just, oh. And then when they drive up, they parked right next to me in their nice little BMWs. And I swear the dad had a cardigan on. Oh, geez. Walking to the baseball game. You know, it's tough when you've got two very 
I don't know if prominence the right word, but um, you got two strong colors like yellow and green, and you don't have any sort of neutral kind of color. Like anacortis has purple, which is strong, can make a statement, but we've got white also, and so it kind of can tone things down. You know, even even the 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 Blaines and the Monroes of the world that'll have black and orange, they're two strong colors. They're not my favorite color, but as we see with Halloween, they're colors that work together. Seom has no, there's no accent color. There's no complementary color. It's just this green, yellow shock to everyone who's there. Now, their their track team does often go base black, and then we'll do some yellows and greens on top of that. That would work. That would that would work. Yeah, I think that's a better direction to go. It's just shocking. But I think also, real quick, with the Seahome, a week later, you played Squalicum. That uniform was almost as worse as Seahome. There's a new trend out there where a lot of high school teams are showing up in uniforms where the pants from afar look like something that would be business casual. Yes. <laughs> and you can't even see Squalicum on their uniform on the top. It's like a dark, dark. Like like every once in a while, a basketball team will order a uniform where the refs say it's illegal because you can't see the number. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of a You look. could only see it like through the sun glaring off of their uniform where it says Squalicum a little bit. You know, I think that can be a problem. Like, uh, I don't think it was this year's. might have been the years before. Our girls' soccer team had black uniforms, and their numbers were a dark purple. And looking at from at their uniforms from the stands, I couldn't see what the numbers were. Not to throw shade on our team. Who do you think? Purpose. And I, I'm just going going a little sideways here on you guys. Um, who do you think, other than us, because we're the obvious number one choice? Who do you think has the best uniform combo in our conference? You know, it's tough. I mean, I think it has to depend on the sport. Um, unless you just want to go based upon colors. When I look at the history, I remember like early 90s, late 80s. I liked Mount Vernon and I liked Bellingham. I love the Kelly green. Yeah. The Kelly green, not the deep forest green mm-hmm. that Seahome has, but the Kelly green. Yeah. And they almost look like it's St. Patrick's Day in Peoria, Arizona at spring training. But I don't want to talk too high on the mountain for Mount Vernon. No. No, they get kind of cocky. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have an opinion on on colors of other teams. Um, hey, moving on, do we have something that we want to say about some sort of secret that's been bubbling beneath the surface? I mean, I want to say I think I only found out about it today, so it's super secret. Some people in the podcast didn't even know. There are people that know about it. We've talked about it a little bit. Yeah, the secret podcast is building. Like, it's building big. So we have secured a venue. We do have a venue. We do not have a date yet set. No, working on working on uh, synchronizing everyone's calendars. We're going to have to add extra security. We do. Um, I know we've talked to a few people about uh, being uh, an extra presence. Um, big shout out to possibly uh, the person that is going to host our podcast. Mr. Lizenby. Mr. Jeff Lizenby. For those that 
don't know, Jeff is the owner of the Anchor, and that is going to be our location. The Anchor Inn, Anacortes, Washington, right across from the bagel shop. That's true. Um, yeah, I, that's a great venue for it. Um, I'll be I'll be honest, it makes me a little nervous with the idea <laughs> of doing a live show, but it's going to be amazing. You know, I I I'm never. Um, I'm always surprised by the amount of charm I seem to possess, so I'm sure it'll be great. We're, we are going to invite people, and we do have a limit. So if you are a loyal subscriber or listener, you could be receiving possibly an invite. To thank you for your loyalty. Yes, continued patronage. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be... Um, I, people are talking about it. It's, it, it's, it's something that people are talking about. At water coolers, probably. It if, could if, if those existed. It could end up. Still. It could end up after it's all said and done as one of our top three. What? 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 <laughs> the se- the secret podcast that we host could be like, what are our top three podcasts of all time? It could oh. be up there. Oh yeah. Oh, you eventually <laughs> want to do a top three of our own podcast? Maybe. <laughs> wow. That's you like know. that's like meta top three. Yeah. <laughs> that's big time. That's when you know you've reached it. Oh, goodness. Okay, well, um, are we ready to move on to our first actual topic of the day, musical genre, the best Australian bands, or are we in need of a break? I think we're good. Okay, so musical genre um, that we're talking about this week, if it is a genre, I don't know, uh, best Australian bands. Now, this isn't like only rock or only alternative or whatever this is if your band started in australia i assume regardless of whether they were born there or probably need to be born there i think they're all born and raised there okay when i think about this genre you know i I have a my good buddy from college brett jeffries is from australia we actually talked to him and a few others bretty o nathan my Aussie group and Mr. Swap, we have we had a student. Yeah, we had a student that we um, asked her opinion on Australian bands, and I think she came up with one that we had not thought about that will come up when we talk about Australian bands. So her dad is in the Navy, Australian yes. Navy. Correct. So they're over here for a year. So when you think about the best Australian band ever, like if you had to rank them number one, I, I think it's ACDC. I think that's indisputable. They obviously have the largest reach. I mean, they're big time. And they're they're Australian aside. They're probably on a top list of any any band. Right. If there was a podcast that had a top three on it for rock bands, they would probably be in the top three. And I think when you think about ACDC. I think they just unapologetically are what they are, and they rock. If I want to get amped up before a game, or if I'm lifting weights, or on the treadmill, or anything like that, there will be an ACDC song in my mix, no matter what. Yeah, you know, I don't know how the younger generation feels about uh, the workout music they use, but for me... I. ACDC's there. Metallica, ACDC. <coughs> There's a few others, but that's a that's a top one. No, I've never seen ACDC. 
I was fortunate enough to see him one time in Portland. I believe the year was 1998, and I was working security. And I worked security primarily just to watch ACDC. What venue? It used to be... Um, it's now the Moda Center. Where the Blazers play. Yes. Oh. But it used to be called the Rose Garden. Oh, That's yeah. right. And so a friend of ours from Pacific, Jeff Grunden, shout out to Jeff, he, his best friend was head of security. So he would call and say, do you want to work this show? I'll get you in. We show up, Sean Eaton and I, and they're like, okay, you're going to stand right here. So I am standing, if the stage is facing directly in front of me, to my right, and I have no responsibilities just to stand there. So I am standing next to Angus Young while he is in his little schoolboy outfit on one leg going across the stage. It was amazing. If you were here in the studio and if you're listening to this, you are not, you would you missed out on seeing Mr. Morgenthaler pantomime an Angus Young solo. Yeah, this this is a good point for me to just recognize that there's a number of people who have said that we need to have video for this podcast and being the technical director of, that would have of been this amazing. podcast uh i would just like to say there's a lot of time and money that would be involved in going to video so you know i'm not if saying we, if we had video what we just saw would have been top three yeah top, it was top three moments it yeah. was it was a great experience to just see them up close but also to see how many people showed up with their like five to seven year old son fully dressed like Angus Young. Now, when did Angus Young pass away? He is still alive. What? I thought he died. His brother, Malcolm. Correct. So Angus is still? Yes. And they are, I think, about ready to put out a new album. Really? You might have to fact check that well, down the road. You know, Metallica just put out a new album. Yes. So I think... Yeah. I'm not into it. You're not into... Oh, the new Metallica album. Not really. haven't. I haven't heard it yet. I've been trying, but it's not there. So back to the Australian bands. We'll look at that ACDC. Anything else that comes to your mind immediately, Mr. Swap? For me, what comes to mind immediately is Midnight Oil. That was not what I was expecting you to say. I have no, no. idea who that is. Well, so they have one song that maybe Ruck has heard. Uh, beds are burning. Beds of burden or burning? Yeah. Beds are burning. Burning or burden? No, burning. Burning. Yes. This might be one of those ones like uh, when we did our Canadian one and we listened to them at break. No, uh, we. I we definitely know now, this song, but... and I I can I can handle this song and like it. It's not like the bare necky ladies. No, I know. I'm oh. just saying at, at break, you're going to have to play some of these songs. Yes. You, well, you would just, know this song. There's only oh, one song, though, that I can identify with Midnight Oil. And, and it's it, that, that song. song. Yeah. Remember, remember the video? Yes. Yeah. There was, there was fire, and their, their singer, if I'm not mistaken, is tall and bald. That, yes. And there's a lot know, of great tall, bald people. Yeah. Uh, so we also have from Australia. In excess, in excess. That's the only other one I've never heard of on this list. You just named them. Oh, I haven't heard of Crowded House either. So Crowded House is not a big. So if I like when I hear back from Brett and he said, ACDC, in excess, 
Crowded House, Bee Gees. And I did not realize the Bee Gees were Australian. Yeah, so no he idea. has Bee Gees as number two. Bee Gees are huge. They're big. Oh, they're, oh I, I listened to the Bee Gees in the 80s. Like, my mom was a huge Bee Gees fan. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Travolta. You, you could argue maybe that Bee Gees are bigger than ACDC. There's an argument to be made. They like, could be. They basically were the headlining of a whole different musical genre that was created at one point. Well, unless we forget one of our favorite Australians, Olivia Newton-John, Super Sky Point. I don't know what that means. She just passed away. Yeah. Super Sky Point. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, I mean, for another one, Minute Work? Like, who can it be now? That's the name of the song from Minute Work. Little River Band? And one of my favorites, like, if I had to, like, I have, this is my number two now. Silverchair, I see. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Same with Mr. Johnston. We were talking about it last night. They're they're an alt rock band, right? Like they're the grunt part of. They the were the grunge yeah. that started in '95. They were 17 years old. There's only three of them in the band. Okay. And they are still performing. Um, the lead singer has gone through. I think he had anorexia or one of or eating disorder. Eating disorder. Struggled with fame. But they, in 1995, when I heard them at Pacific, it was wow. amazing. They Two can... years. I, Sean and all those boys made fun of me because I just listened to Silverchair all the time. Do you know what Frog city Stomp. they're out of? I th- no. Okay. Maybe that's something we can check at break. Um, you said Men at Work, but you didn't say uh, Land Down Under. That To me, that's the only one I even know of them. Is it's... that the name of the song? I... I'm not a huge Minute Work fan, but we, I do not know. I come from but a you, land done, uh, down under. I don't know if that's the name, but that, those oh, two songs. Who that can, would make who, sense. Who can it be now? Okay. And then um, that song, we'll have to look it up. Okay. So there's one more. Uh, speaking of, um, Mr. Dave Harris Rooster today at the lacrosse game brought up Kylie Minogue. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, Ruck? I, I remember her from the... 90s or late 90s like i feel like i can specifically remember a music video of hers so she was like a pop artist okay that went big and i think possibly she might have even dated a celebrity yeah singer can someone fact check that for us but kylie but otherwise i feel like um heather Sign dog significant other would like Kylie Minogue or Olivia Newton John. Um, for sure, Olivia so, Newton John. Newton John is like C- Canada's Anne Murray. Um, you know, so I hadn't really looked too far into um, the Australian bands, but in just a little Google search here, I already found some that we didn't mention that. Not only do I think are really good, but I think that you'd like. You've, have you ever heard of Wolf Mother? Oh yeah, I forgot to put it down. Yeah, oh, I so told good. swap that well, this you, week. You played a little Wolf Mother. Oh, I did because I, I know Wolf you Mother. love. I told yeah. Rock he loves Wolf Mother. I oh, love Wolf Mother. When they him. came out, Joker and the Thief. Oh, that's big. They still play that kind of stuff in the, yeah. in the stadiums. You know, that's funny when you think about Australian bands. Obviously, ACDC is a big stadium. They have some stadium rock songs. Also, Wolf Mother. And know. see, I, I yeah, I spaced it. I had them down. So the other two bands, Empire of the Sun, 
So we, yeah. I said that to Pat, but I know of one song we heard, we played it, and oh, I, I like a lot of their stuff. And the the last one, which I think is the most popular recent band, is Tame Impala. Have you heard them? No, I've heard the name of the band. Yeah, I can't. They're, they're a band that would be played a lot on like one oh seven seven. The end. I believe Air Supply is Australian. Oh, really? Somebody might need to fact check that. I'm they, all out of love. A lot of songs that maybe you would have had on Como AM radio back in the day. Um, what was the other thing that I need to fact check? So Air Supply, soft rock duo formed in Melbourne. That's in Australia. Oh, or as you would say if you were from there, Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, wow. There's no, there's no, there's no R. There's no R's. So I had an Australian roommate in college, a guy by the name of Bob Zdravevsky. He came to the States to play baseball. That's not a very Australian last name, it feels like. No. Can you say that name one more time? Bob Zdravevsky. Oh. Dravevsky. Stravevsky. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, listeners. That was that was the most painful thing I've ever oh seen. Oh, my God. But he, like... uh, he came to play baseball, and uh, you know, by the end of his stint here, he was not playing baseball, but he was selling a lot of Amway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think baseball is probably a, much of a sport there because they've got cricket, right? They got uh, you got Ryan Roland Smith. It's still oh, so it's still pretty. It's not. It's bad. They have, yeah, they have baseball then. So you're looking at um, Aussie rules football. Yep, S- Sydney Swans. Uh, I'm a West Coast Eagle guy, and Rock, you'll find this out when you go there that Perth is the West Coast Eagles for uh, for Aussie rules well, and. They've got another one. The well, now, but yeah. it was West Coast only. Yeah, that's who my brother supports. And it was the whole entire country and West Coast. They hated West Coast. Yeah, they were like one of the most successful yeah. teams. So when I went, I spent three months there in Melbourne Yeah. and went to a game, 120,000 people at an Aussie Rules. It's one of the greatest events I've ever been to in my life. And there's only like 8,000 of us rooting for West Coast. So we were playing like Carlton, uh, Carlton or Collingwood, yep. like the Mud Pies, I think. Yep, Collingwood Mud Pies. That's I know that's right. So it was it was it's amazing. You're gonna have a great time. The other team in Perth is uh, the Fremantle Dockers. Okay, because Fremantle is kind of a I don't know if they would call it a suburb, but it's you know it's part of yeah. Perth. Um, as you were alluding to there, yeah, I'm gonna be going to Australia this summer. Not for all of July, because, you know, Perth is probably one of the most challenging places to get through. Perth is the westernmost side, northwesternmost side of Australia, and some would call it the most isolated large city in the world. Yeah. And so to get from where we're at to Perth is really a pain. Or you have to fly into Sydney or Melbourne, and then... I mean, if I were to fly from Seattle, I would have to probably go... Like the the route that they would take me would be probably to Los Angeles. And then from Los Angeles, I'm trying to think. They might have you go into a connecting flight in New Zealand that's and a, then over to Sydney and then from Sydney to Perth. So That's exactly what I did. Yeah. So I like, flew I flew Portland to LA, LA to Auckland. Yep. And then Auckland to uh, Melbourne. Yeah. So And then from there. Yeah. No matter what you do, it's going to be multiple stops. And it's a five to six hour flight from Sydney to Perth. So Perth is west. Yes. Sydney is east. And in the 90s, they they always said, I never made it to Perth where Brett's from, but 
they were like it was like the grunge Seattle type of Australia in the 90s and they have beautiful beaches you go a little bit farther north and there's what's called broom and you're literally a mile or an hour or not even to um Bali so my brother lives currently in Perth and he's been to broom like that's where they go vacation in the winter time which yes. of course the winter time is July it really starts in June, July, August because it's yes. the opposite of us. So yeah. that's where Australians go to vacation. And they, so Brett's dad lived in Broome. Oh, wow. How wow. do you spell Broome? B-R-O-O-M-E, I believe. Just like it sounds. It sounds right. Yeah, and then, you know, that's the crazy thing is, um, you know, there's there's places that are close to where we live that you don't think of, hey, if you don't live near, like say you're not in Washington, Hawaii is maybe not a, a destination that you're thinking about going. Just like Bali is not really a place we think of, but my brother's been to Bali. Like it's it's a it's an easy place to get through. And like it's like an hour, hour and, and a half, half flight yeah. from Perth. I feel like I'm getting a world history lesson here. But world it's geography. beautiful. The the Southeast Asian countries, oh. like it's just open to you yeah. if you live in Perth. Like all of them. And like you one of the the flights you can take that's fewer stops, but it's just way more expensive is you can do a flight from, it's either Seattle or Los Angeles, maybe even Vancouver to um, Singapore. I think it's a 17 hour nonstop flight. And then from there, I think it's another seven hour flight. Like it's, it's brutal. No, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. And I will, uh, I'm going to talk to Brett this week and I'm going to hook you up so you can meet him. You know, we might have to do, because the summertime is going to be difficult anyways, but we have to do a little uh, podcast over Zoom during the summertime. So that might be a nice little, I'll podcast in from uh, from, from, Perth. from Perth. When are you going to be in Perth? So I'm thinking of not going the way that you went. I'm thinking of going through maybe Hawaii to, from there to uh, South Korea, then down to like either Singapore uh, or one of those countries, and then to Perth. Um, and so that's going to take a bit, and I'll try to spend some time in each of those spots, four to five days. So it probably would be the tw last last part of July is where I would be. But we'll see. I haven't I haven't booked it yet, so um, I need to do that soon. I could go either side, so we'll see. But it'll be July. So when I think back to our Australian bands, when I'm at the gym... Uh, Silver Chair is in my top 10 wow. for songs. So I, Tomorrow is the song. And maybe just to close up with the Australian band, circling back to the one that we had recommended to us on Friday, I think a lot of parents out there are probably familiar with The Wiggles. Oh. Rock, do you know who The Wiggles are? I don't even know how to spell that. W-I-G-G. L-E-S. The Wiggles. I've heard of the Bangles and, and the, bug, the Buggles. A lot different than the Wiggles. <laughs> so the Wiggles are basically, if you have a kid from the ages of two to four. Ooh, definitely don't. 20 years ago to the last 10, maybe, yeah. you have heard of the Wiggles. Yes. Oh, this sounds like it would be adults that are... <laughs> live acting some sort of children's show that would be extremely painful. They are adults <laughs> that just... And they made millions of dollars. They play children's music oh. and they just 
play their ass off. And they traveled around the world. And they're Australian. To go, you could go see them like in Everett. I almost took Brennan when he was three. The Wiggles. The Wiggles. Brennan was a big Wiggles. I watched three hours of Wiggles, like three to five hours a week of Wiggles TV. <laughs> so they sing songs like Cold Spaghetti and Hot Potato. Hot Potato, Hot Potato. Uh, wow. Toot, toot, chugga, chugga. Uh, they, and... Anyone in my family that is around, I know Andy's listening right now. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> I know Bree and Reese will. Well, do you remember? Do you remember <laughs> the pirate guy? Yes. Do you remember his name? No. Captain Feathersword. Oh yes. <laughs> You're giving me nightmares. <laughs> like I, I literally still have ten DVDs of the Wiggles. Here. Wow. So there was Jeff. There's a. There's like five of them, and they all have. A different colored outfit. Like, wouldn't they wear full like, on purple, full on blue, full like, on yellow, like turtlenecky kind of things? Wow. Yeah. So anyway, the Wiggles. This sounds scary. Um, well, I guess we can wrap up our Australian segment with that. Uh, do we need a break before we dive into our final two uh, topics for the night? We do. We need to take a little break so we can uh, work on our beer of the week. And after that, we'll have our top three music videos on MTV. And we're going to do this efficiently because my goal is to do this in under an hour and we've got 15 minutes left. Welcome back to the View from the Rock podcast. We were just at break. Um, you know, I think that we said we we're going to do some fact checking of some things that definitely didn't happen. Uh, I think we said we we're going to do some um, going over of some things we we're going to talk about. And I don't know if that really happened either, but... Uh, breaks a break, and we're ready to talk about our beer of the week, uh, which is called Future Forward Northwest IPA by Crux Fermentation Project. And if you're looking in the store for Crux, it's pretty easy to see because their symbol really stands out to my eyes. It's a, I guess, a four-way arrow logo. So if you took a, a square, or would you call that a rhombus? I don't know kind of turn on the side and you've got arrows going out from there. It's um, uh, the same orientation as a baseball diamond. There you go. Yeah. With arrows um, going all four directions. Yeah. So um, is there any sort of a backstory on how this was chosen or any information that we need to know about as far as, you know, the, the hop characteristics uh, Jason? Well, we were basically researching beers this week, and my wife happened to find a beer that Mr. Swap and I hadn't ever drank. And that's... Uh, because it's hard to find, because yes. we are legendary status. According to Untapped. Which is, for those that don't remember, that's a thousand different beers that we have consumed. Dude, but there are so many... There are so many beers at places like Rosario or Steinman's that I've never seen in my life that you've you got to find something. I mean, you never we, know we if do. It's good, we, we but... Remember, we used to just try and look for a beer yeah. that we didn't drink, and then we were very excited about it. We would, and we'd text each other, and, the, and it was, uh, we'd get a lot of badges. Yes. That was another thing, is just how many badges can you get? Yeah, I don't need no stinking badges. So, uh, real quick, uh, this is the 
write-up that I found about the future forward Northwest IPA by Crux. Here at Crux, we believe that the future of the IPA lies to the Northwest. Oregon-grown McKinsey hops lead the way with notes of bright stone fruit, citrus, and a distinctively piney dankness, while malted rye and a supporting cast of Centennial and Citra hops bring it home with added complexity and a big aroma that declares the future has arrived. Wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> Real quick, that, I, I mean, I just want to drink the beer. It sounds like we're somewhere where it's flowing robes. <laughs> like, just... Stri- anyway. Like, like we're drinking this in a steam room right <laughs> yeah, now? I don't know. <laughs> so Crux, correct me if I'm wrong, is one of many fine breweries that you'll find in Bend, Oregon. Yes. So oh. it's a 6.5% ABV. Untapped gives it a 3.98 out of 5. And this is a fairly newer beer. There was only approximately 800 reviews Wow, on Untapped. Wow. You know, I think anytime you're within, I'd say if you're four plus or minus 0.1, I think it's normally a really good beer. That's that's my opinion based upon Ooh, what, do you what think? I've seen on Crux. I Untapped. haven't given it a try yet. I'm going to give it a try right now. Future Forward Northwest IPA. I... I think it's good. There's a little bit of, I would say, I get the orange flavor, the citrus they're talking I, about. Yep. Yeah, yeah. um, there's that bitter pininess they talk about. Not sure I would describe it as dank. I get no dankness out of yeah. this, but I'm going to try another drink. Um, has How do ever you had taste stone dankness? Fruit? <laughs> I mean... Well, dank, yeah. dankness, when you have a beer Just, that has some dank, you drink it, like it a, and you and you're, after you drink it, you say, oh, that's danky. Is it like skunky? Yes. Um, a little bit. So so like a Corona or a Heineken type? Yes. Like Corona was the original beer that had a little bit of dankness. Yeah, definitely. You get that little bit of... I know I think of it more with Heineken. I think they're both owned by Constellation Brands. But um, yeah, Heineken definitely has that. I used to actually have a Heineken pour thing to where you could get the little Heineken pony kegs mm. and you'd pop it in the back and you could just pour yourself Heineken straight off the tap. At your house. Oh, wow. My wife is a Heineken lover. I like and it. I am not. She will drink. She will ask when we go camping. Can you pick me up a six pack of Heineken? I I'm not a huge Heineken. And fan. drinks Corona and like Pacifico. That's, She's a danky lover. Is that like Rolling Rock? Would you say Heineken? <laughs> Rolling Rock gets zero. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I would rock. I would rather not drink beer on Rolling, a beach. Is Rolling Rock even exist anymore? I feel like I don't see it. <sighs> Yeah, it, it does. It's it's got the old Sucks. Uh, the old what's the thing on the back? The old thirty three or the old thirty seven mm. or some darn thing. Okay. But rolling rock, I agree. It's like the rush of cheap beer. I think that when you're first Hey entering, now. And when you're first entering the beer landscape, you see that and start to think, well, it's a little more expensive than all these other cheap ones. It must be, you know, a level up and it's not. It's Speak- so watery. But speaking yeah. of, like now when you go order a beer at the bar, it's eight bucks. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know. No, I like this beer. It's not, uh, it's not 
you know, there's nothing magical about it, Mm-mm. but it's a nice beer. It's a nice IPA. It's a one. I mean, you know, it's part of this new craze with the four pack tall boys where that probably costs 15 bucks. Um, that trying to kind of drives me a little crazy because I don't, I don't know. I'd be much happier. I really, I think where you give me a six pack of 12 ounces and that way I can try more things. Sometimes if I'm trying something new, like most of these new ones are these, these 16 ounce ones, maybe I don't want 16 ounces of, of it. It's new. I have no idea. Now, have you ever gone to the Rosario market and they've got the little, the little pop top, pop your beer into a thing, make your own four pack, make your own six pack. Yeah. That's a pretty good way to go. But you do that and you end up spending 20 bucks for a six pack. $27 and 10 cents. Exactly. Cause I was at your house last night and did that, but also bought a couple ciders for the wife that were 22s. Yes. You know, I was at Rosario the other day and I had a, a double phaser. It was it was really good. One of the better beers I've had in quite some time. But I want to say for a four pack of 16, might have been $24. Yeah. Like wild. Yeah, that's crazy. S- speaking of Rosario, the uh, door, the real door, yeah, is looking better. The house. Well, I went there with is my daughter. Better. I went there with my daughter the other night. She doesn't go to Rosario very often, but she happened to be with me when I was going to Rosario. We pulled up and she said, why do they have a door? <laughs> and, and I said, don't you listen to the podcast? And she didn't know what I was talking about. Oh. Yes, so, a real door. Like, you go things. through. Yes. In case you don't know what Rosario is, it's Rosario Market as you're heading into Anacortes. It's on the right-hand side. It is the best, Greatest. Yeah, it is a... It's not just a bottle shop. It's a convenience store, basically. But at this point, its greatest purpose is the varieties of different beers, craft beers that it has. They have Uh, beer on tap. Yeah. Oh, they do. Yeah, Yeah, Growlers. The Oregon boys, when they come up every year, their first stop is Rosario. It's a great little spot. Like, if you looked at it from the outside, you'd probably want to pass it by. (laughs) It's not a looker. But then recently, what, a car crashed into the front door? And therefore, they had to replace it with... I think probably the cheapest option, which was to frame it up like a like a house. house and have a, a door like an actual house. It's really unsettling every time I go there. It's weird. I think it, it adds to, to the ambiance. Well, it does. But, you know, it used to be like a traditional storefront where there's glass. And now it's like you're walking into a Your grandma's shop. house. Here's the, the one, one th- nice thing about it. That door always gave me fits because it was it looked like one where you could push or pull it. But it was not a push or a pull. No. You had was... to pull it out. And every time I would go to leave, I'd give it a little pull and feel stupid. And then I'd have to push it. Yeah. It is the one place I will say, though, that when you walk in, they're rocking out. They are. Oh, yeah. and they say hi to you? No. They're nice. Like, the, I don't know the guy. Is he the owner of one of them? But he will always like, hey, try this beer. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys like these beers. And let me know if you find one that's not here. And I'll get it for you. And last time when I got that double phaser, he was like, hey, just watch out. These will hit you pretty quickly. I don't know if you want to do more than one of these in one night. And I was like, you're right. Yep. They also, a lot of times, will have like football on when you go in there. Right. Yeah. And then they also have weekly picks. They do. That you pay $5. And I'll even, I'm going to even go one step further. There have been several years where I go in around Christmas and they give me a Christmas gift. 
and they give gifts to the people that frequent the establishment the most. Wow. Bottle of champagne. I'm upset. I've never got one. I, I got one, too, one time. Yeah. Wow. You guys are at a different level. This was during <laughs> your thousand beers. Yes. <laughs> there, yes. Okay. So we went, you know, about 10 minutes further than I thought we would there, and that's fine, you know. Um, but at this point, I think we're ready for our top three music videos on MTV, and I definitely do not want to start this because I, I'm i not proud of Well, I'm looking at uh, our notes, and I think <laughs> this is... Rucks list? No. <laughs> I can't even, I don't even understand what those things say. You know what? Here's the That's problem. That's gibberish. <laughs> the problem is for me, I didn't encounter music through music videos. When I was going to elementary school and middle school, I'd get home and I'd put TRL on with my brother and we'd watch Total Request Live with Carson Daly and we'd see a lot of videos, but then we'd go, Napster or whatever, and we'd download them. That's so we'd listen to them. So were were the videos? I remember seeing that, like TRL and how it was big. Was it more of pop bands or like NSYNC, Britney Spears, like those types that were on TRL? If something was on the top ten, like it 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 could be on there. So Pearl Jam could be on there. Anything could be on there. I know that what I wrote down was a lot of pop, but that probably reflects my uh, fastly decaying, quickly decaying memory at this point and just stuff that I was exposed to and what I listened to at the time. So when when we brought together this topic, I was thinking more of the video aspect and not necessarily my favorite band. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So when when I when you look at my top three, yeah, you're gonna say it's gonna be this is the video that first came out and I saw it and I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> the, okay, because that's how we were. Because that's how we were. Wa- we were Thirteen exposed. years old. Nineteen years what, old. Eighty five. Did we get MTV? Uh, I was gonna say eighty four because I think I was thirteen, but that's how we were exposed to music. And MTV just played videos, twenty four hours. Again. Yeah. And then as I got older, Headbangers Ball. Yeah. Which I would watch in college and just, you know. And then look at, at the old MTV VJs. Oh. Uh, Mark Harmon. Uh, Kurt Loader. Kurt Loader was a little later. Yeah, I remember the Remote Control. Remote Control was amazing. And then Downtown. Downtown Julie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. But those guys. So, okay. So we're going to go. This is how it's going to work. We're going to each give our three, then our two, and then our one. Sounds good. So, Swap, do you want? I'll go first. I can. You want to go first? So my number three, I had a hard time because I had, I just think just seeing this video for the first time and then also I like the song but I'm going I just happen to look here at Rucks <laughs> don't look at my I, I'm just putting every thought I have in my brain down there and it's going to eventually change so this video is animated too so it's oh. Dire Straits Money for Nothing oh, oh yeah it's also a great song when you watch the video yeah Remember the dog and just it's kind of more animated. 
Yeah. And then it goes back and forth. It was cutting edge at the time. It was. And we could I do a wait. whole podcast talking about videos. Well, and I, if I'll wait till you guys are done with your your three, but just show if see if one of those my three A or B yeah came up. So swap. So my number three is a Metallica video one. Because if you remember this one, they would they were cutting back and forth between some weird movie and some guy had been like maimed. Yes. In the war. And crazy. It was like, whoa, this is some weird crap here. And I, I had heavy. Listened, yeah. And it was it was kind of I'm sure Metallic had other videos before them, but I don't remember that. It was kind of the first time that we actually kind of saw those guys. And the video was just super weird. Well, and, and those sounds make it into the actual recording, like the actual song. In like the, where yeah. the, 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 is it gunfire? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and people yelling. When, when I remember when they came out with that song live at Memorial Coliseum and they hear the, yeah. And you're just like, oh, yeah. That's awesome. I wish I had those memories. That would be amazing. You know, so, but, you know, they used to put, artists would put money and invest in these videos. Yeah. Because that's how you got exposure for us watching them. It was all about the video on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rock, number three. You know, I w- so I'll just preface this by saying I don't think any videos made that much of an impact on me. I'm just trying to remember all the ones uh, from watching um, TRL at the time. And I definitely remember my number three one, which was uh, All Star by Smash Mouth. Um, I just remember they were like driving this car, I feel like, through space. It was, I want to say, a weird video. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say other than that. So, uh, hey, now you're an All Star? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. You've heard it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm old. You know that song. I do. Yeah. It's but I t- don't remember the video. It's definitely a toe tapper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> toe tapper. Yeah. Um, so real quick, my three A was uh aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was and you know Take what? Take on me. And remember like, how you went back and forth? Yes. And they were like drawing stuff uh-huh. and the guy came off the sketch pad. Yeah, see that was like that was like uh-huh. new. It was crazy. It was it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like a great example of what you talked about, where that's not necessarily my favorite song. Yeah. But that video was like that's that was a key. You always sat there and watched the whole video. It was mesmerizing. Yeah. Yeah. And aha is uh Do they have another song that you know? No, but I'm trying to think of what European country they are from. Are they Norwegian? We might need to fact check that uh, in podcast number seven. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. So number two. You ready? Yeah. My number two. God, it just blew my mind when I saw it. Um, Van Halen, Hot for Teacher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to bring up my 3A when it comes back around to me. Yeah? Yeah. Ugh. Just uh, how they had characters that looked like them, dressed like them at like age 12. Yes. And they're sitting there together. Ugh. Yeah, just that whole... that, that I mean... Watching Van Halen videos in the eighties too, it was crazy. Well, that changed your mind. Like that changed me. Like looking at the end and the big hot rod. Yeah. So 
So my 3A was any video that involved David Lee Roth. <laughs> oh. Because yeah. he was, like, there was a point in time in the 80s where he was probably the coolest man in America. Yes. And second place wasn't even close. Wow. So do you remember when he did uh, California Girls? Oh. Oh yeah, all the <laughs> so just like, like that's not even legal. No, <laughs> no, no. It like this super average version of a Beach Boys song, and it was every fifteen-year-old boy's favorite video ever. Well, so see, for me, the ones that I remember at this point, I would describe also as a similar, in a similar vein as every fifteen-year-old boy's favorite video. Yes. But when you like hot for teacher, they start getting up and dancing, and then you have Waldo. Yeah. And he's like, he's sweating. Yeah. And then you got da- little mini David Lee Roth smoking a cigarette or Alex Van Halen. <laughs> and then they get, in, I don't feel burn. You know, all just the little one liners from Man, hot for teacher. That was the, the greatest era. And he's, they're walking on this, just walking on the tables. Do you at remember, school. um, David Lee Roth again doing uh, just a gigolo. Mm-hmm. It was another one where it's like I, when that came on, you were like, "Oh, this is my favorite video." Yeah. So uh, Rowan loves David Lee Roth. He wants to play that '80s David Lee Roth all the time. Who doesn't love David Lee Roth? And just how he talks, he's like, "Ooh!" Like just some of the stuff he says. Do you remember the talking guitar in Yankee Rose? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. So my number two, because that was 3A, my number two, and this has come up before on a previous podcast, but Walk This Way with Run DMC and And Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Because and it it was like, I mean, for me, honestly, it was probably the first time I'd ever seen Steven Tyler. And I thought, this guy's crazy looking. And then Run DMC, it was really kind of the first introduction to rap. And they joined. They joined. And that, yeah. No, I remember that video. Remember he's banging on the wall? Yes. And then, oh, yeah. I love that. That's a great, great. And I bet our number one is the same one. I don't know. It might be. Okay, Ruck. Ruck, number two. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to continue on with the theme of 15-year-old boys' favorite videos. (laughs) Britney Spears' Toxic was pretty just, um, it was big time at the time. Well, Swap was 30. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> yeah, so what would that make? I was definitely in middle school, I think, then. What like, year? Uh, I'm 19. How old you? So t- the year 2000? Is that when it came out? I don't know. If it was 2000, I'd be... Well, 99, I think she her first debut was... Was it Hit Me One More Time? Hit Me Baby One More Time, yeah. So you graduated in 05. Six. So, oh, six. Oh, yeah. So 2000, 2001. Middle school. Uh, according to uh, Google, that video was released in 2003. Mm. So you were a freshman. Freshman, end of freshman year. I was 32 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. He stares deep into my soul. Um, yeah. That means I was 28. Oh, my gosh, I'm old. Uh, I have nothing else of value to say about that music video other than I remember it specifically. Okay, Morgie, what's your number one? So my number one, I think it took, I don't know how long for them to release it and just the release date and just watching it is Michael Jackson Thriller. Oh, yeah. That wasn't, that's not your number one? No. 
I definitely thought about it, but oh my god, like it's twenty four minutes long. It's a movie, and it was amazing. amazing, and it was scary. Yeah, like at the end, and then uh, is it Vincent Price? Yeah, just I mean that whole video, it gives me chills. Can we just? talk for a second about how talented Michael Jackson was like when you look at Thriller um, that whole album oh beat it I didn't realize till 10 years later that Eddie Van Halen did the solo yeah on beat it wow Billie Jean oh TLC oh when did that album come out 1984 yeah yeah so that was right where MTV but that when we watched that, remember watching that on MTV, like at night, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's scary!" Yeah, all these people are dancing zombies. around, and they're zombies, or and all of a sudden they just start dancing. The choreography, yeah, I mean, and, and that should that, be everyone's and, number one because, like, ever since then, on like Halloween nights, like when we were in college, there would be a thriller dance that would go on downtown, and you could go in and join it. Yeah, through the streets, and of they LA. do like they're practicing it. We practiced it at Bayview. I remember they're like, "We're gonna do Thriller." Wow. Okay. So my number one, again, not my favorite song, but in terms of iconic videos, Twisted Sister, I Want to Rock. Oh. oh. Yes. You got Niedermeyer oh. from Animal House. I don't even know the guy's real name, but he's Niedermeyer. Oh. You got D. Snyder. Um, and Niedermeyer's the dad. Niedermeyer's the dad. I would just, I would just like to say... I finally watched Animal House for the first time. Oh, oh there you yeah. go. No way. Yes. I, I was at home. I want to watch it with I think you. I was doing some photo stuff, just sitting on the couch, you know, focused. And I had it on the background. I was, there was times where I just stopped all the photo stuff I was doing and focused on it. It was like probably 1030 in the morning on the weekend. It was excellent. It's a cinematic miracle. <laughs> Did you it's ridiculous. see the... It's awesome. <laughs> Is that a pledge pin? <laughs> Niedermeyer on oh. your uniform? Yeah, and Niedermeyer is the worst guy in the world. Which one is Niedermeyer? Remind me. He's the one. That... He's the uh, the drill uh, sergeant. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, okay. and then he disappears from public view for like seven years, and comes back in a twisted sister video, and then eventually, and he's, he's the dad. He's the maestro in Seinfeld. Yes, he is. Oh, but now that I think about it, twisted sister, that video, that's. That's D. Three C. D. Snyder, is that right? D. Snyder, because the sister. kid, the kid's trying to figure out what he wants to do. Remember, he's like, "What do you want to do with your life?" Yeah, and then D. Snyder voice comes out of the kid and says, "I want to rock." <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they just destroy the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the I makeup, that, actually. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I feel like we should have ended with your guys' number one. My number one was... <laughs> it's NSYNC. No. You know, it's not. My number one, because I can remember it vividly, it's probably just the dumbest music video. has nothing to say other than... Um, so it's Shakira, and it is whenever, wherever. And basically the whole music video is it's going to different locations around the world, and she is superimposed over it just dancing and shaking her hips the whole time. Like, that's the music video. Well, I can see why that would have a lasting impression on you. <laughs> and it was a catchy song. Were you also 15? <sighs> I guess I can look it up. Or 16? 
Let's see. Hey, while you're looking that up, honorable mention, Tawny Katane in Whitesnake videos. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Uh, so it was released in 2001. Guns and Roses Patience. Yeah. Yeah. There were snakes. Do you remember <laughs> uh, November Rain? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a great video, but that was also Axel getting like super ostentatious with things. Just on a total 360, this week on the Lebertard show, um, one of the guys referenced Oeuvre. No. Yes. And I about just jumped out of my chair. Maybe he's a friend of the podcast. I wanted to just yell into the screen, how do you spell Uvra? <laughs> uh, all right, Ruck. Well. What were you looking for? Um, I was looking to see the, the music video, but mm. 2001 is when it came out. That means I was in middle school. Um, I, get th I think that would have been what, like eighth grade for me? Um, big time. I always remember when eighth grade was for me, just this is kind of a somber note to end on because it was when what the 9 11 attacks happened, 2001. So that was September 11th. Yeah. And I was teaching eighth grade. And I was, I remember being in Mr. Oslin's class for it specifically. Uh, that was and my first day of student teaching. Oh my gosh. Showing Wait. up to school. So that means that you were teaching at the middle school when I attended school there? I was teaching in Mount Vernon oh. at that time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Um, well, sorry to end on that bummer of a note, but uh, that's it this week. Um, I think we're about to record another podcast, but I won't come out for another couple weeks by the time you hear this one. Um, it's good to be back. Thanks for listening. You can hear our podcast at on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. And we will see you next time.